Welcome to Talk Wealth to Me, a safe space podcast where we chat about anything and everything related to personal finance. The information contained in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute as accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Hello and welcome to another edition of Talk Wealth to Me. I think we would all agree that small business is the backbone of the American economy and quite frankly it has been hit very, very hard by the coronavirus pandemic as we all have in this what we I guess would consider our new normal. But today we have Larry Campbell, managing partner and CPA at Levine, Lofgren, Morris and Engelberg, a CPA firm here in San Diego, California. And he goes over and discusses all of the different entities, including the federal government, state government, uh, and different associations that are working diligently to discuss the coronavirus small business stimulus. Small business is the backbone of our country, and I think we all can agree on that. And I, and small business is being affected the most here uh, if, uh, as a whole, I don't want to generalize, can you kind of give us an idea in layman's terms of the impact that is having on your clients that you can speak to? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's pretty devastating, uh, unfortunately. I mean, you know, I think just like any any small business, um, most of the time they're running pretty lean. They don't have a ton of reserves, so to speak. So their reliance uh, significantly on getting the consistent cash flow, right? So anytime you cut off that cash flow, that puts a significant financial strain on their situation. Um, and that's kind of where we're at, um, you know, right now is people, hey, they, from month to month, they're expecting that revenue to pay their employees, to pay their rent, to pay their health insurance and, and, and take care of all that. And, you know, most industries, that revenue stream has been cut off. Um, you know, there are some, they're still kind of, uh, continue to go on, or maybe they've got revenue streams that have lagged, you know, maybe you know, last month being paid this month and so forth. But I, I think you're going to see a lot worse going into next month if this thing doesn't, we don't start coming out of this. Um, Cause that's really when it's going to hit, you know, after that kind of lag kicks in. Um, obviously the big pink, big clientele that I work with is on hospitality and they were hit right away. Right. Cause that was just a complete shutoff, right. That all of a sudden from hundred percent to zero, and uh, again, even more so on a standpoint, their margins are really thin. So, uh, you know, having to cut back right away was a requirement for them to stay, stay open or at least stay even in existence through this thing. So, so what, as far as hospitality and, and let's speak of restaurants, because we are seeing restaurants that can are preparing for takeout and those kinds of things. Can that, can any, even when they're doing that, can restaurants sustain it just by doing the takeout? I don't think so. Uh, not long term. I think the idea short term is they can uh, pay the bills, pay the big, um, the ones that maybe keep the vision of the restaurant going forward. Maybe it's a chef or or managers. Uh, the employees are just as important. But, you know, when you come back out of this, uh, you're probably gonna have different employees that are working when we started. But, it, you know, having that chef be there and making sure that that person sticks around and doesn't go to another place. Um, that'll be more difficult. Um, and so I think that's what these are kind of doing. There's two things I'm saying. One is 
you know, the, the essential employees for a restaurant uh, to keep them employed. Two, um, they're staying open to feed their actually employees that they've laid off or furloughed. I would say the majority of my restaurants are feeding their employees that they laid off on a daily basis. Um, so they're staying open for that as well. And yes, that once again, it, it gets us through the next days and weeks and months. Um, but they need to open for this to, to, they won't exist if we go another month of this. Most of them will shut down and we'll see if they ever open back up uh, in a standpoint of, yes, they will open back up, but probably under a different name or a different uh, situation. Um, but I think, you know, we, it's important to get them back up and running and getting that revenue streaming on hiring those people. And that's kind of what the Stimulus Act is kind of trying to do. Let's just start right there, Larry, if you wouldn't mind, just for those of us who maybe have heard that there's this uh, paycheck protection program, can you kind of help explain what that is? Sure, sure. Um, really, I think for, for, for me, it's the first step uh, and, you know, the shortest, quickest way of getting people money to get through the next month or two, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the plan is obviously get, seems to be with the the program to get us through June 30th or get people up and hiring people back up by June 30th seems to be their, their plan. So what it, what it is, is it's a, um, it's a loan program through the SBA, SBA Small Business Association, been around forever. Uh, and typically with the SBA, you had to have, in order to qualify for loans, you would have had to have had the ability to pay it back, be profitable. It was help, more to help you grow more than to keep you afloat, right? And so the government kind of used that program and said, here's a loan to keep you afloat and keep you going. Whether you can pay it back or not, we're not worried about that today. We need to get money in your hands right now. All right. So it's the same process, applying for a loan. Um, and, and, and the loan is based on the payroll that you had uh, in a simple terms through the calendar of 19. Right. So they'll take your your average payroll cost uh, for the year of 19. You'll take a monthly. So divide that by 12. And then you times it by two and a half, and that gets you what your loan amount could be. Um, that you could, uh, that's the max you could um, get from the SBA through this PPP program. Okay. Um, the real benefit of this program, right? Yes, great, you get the money. Now what? If I don't open up and I don't get money, how do I pay it back, right? So the biggest part of this PPP program that's beneficial is if you spend it on payroll costs and uh, rents and utilities, the loan could be forgiven. In a sense, you don't have to pay it back. And that's the big key of here and why it's so important for especially hospitality and other people who are struggling in industries that were reliant on, on this revenue um, is that, you know, it gets them that head start, hiring people back, getting up and running, and it gets them through this kind of, you know, run up till we get to full speed as an economy back again. Um, well, and can we, can we talk about that part too? Sure. My understanding, Larry, is that the, the small, the SBA, that originally when this PPP program was being rolled out, that the hospitality industry was not part of this program, but that my understanding is that a decision was made later to include them because of the incredible um, harsh impact that they've had to absorb from all of this. Are you seeing a lot of um, hospitality businesses take advantage of this program or um, are you seeing, are small business owners concerned that they they won't be around to pay this back. I think everyone's taking advantage of it. I, I have not wor- I have not seen anyone worried about not being able to pay it back. Um, 
I think what what the program did for hospitality, including you know restaurants, hotels, uh, anything of that nature, what they did is they did in a special. Usually, with what the program um, created is, if you had more than 500 employees, then you wouldn't qualify for the forgivable piece, right? And so, if you have a restaurant that maybe has 10, a group restaurant group that has 10 or 12 restaurants. And maybe in cumulative, they were over 500. Or if you're a hotel, you could easily be over 500 if you have a couple of hotels, right? Um, right. Said, normally, you wouldn't qualify under the normal rules of SBA because you would aggregate all those together. You would be over. They carved out and said for hospitality specifically that they would look at each restaurant individually for that 500, 500 employee determination. So most of them then typically don't have 500 employees for a restaurant or a hotel. Uh, unless you were some behemoth, which I doubt. Um, so then most of them now qualify. So that was the big carve out of this program that they specifically gave to hospitality. Um, okay. Can you share some of the, the terms of the program and the interest rates? Are, are these reasonable terms and interest rates? Um, extremely. I, I think the program is, it can be extremely helpful. Um, uh, currently right now, so the, the idea of the program is if you, uh, if the portion of the, the, the proceeds doesn't qualify to be forgiven, then it automatically converts to a normal SBA loan. Um, that is the current, it keeps changing, but as of today, the current program is it's a two-year loan at 1% interest. So obviously very low interest. Uh, and then you get the first six months of payments deferred. So you wouldn't need to make any payments for another six months um, after that piece. So you're looking at not having to make a payment until probably 2021. Right would be the the way this program is set up. Um, oh, that, that's great. I've heard also that I've seen online it, it, there must be because it's such a great opportunity a backlog in applications, or is it something where people are getting through their banks and getting them processed relatively quickly? Yeah, my experience unfortunately has not been that uh, great. I would agree with uh, what's been posted online. Um, that probably inconsistent. I, I maybe some people got in, uh, depending on the bank. It's really been really bank centric. Um, B of A was first to open, uh, and so they got applications in quick and processed them quick. Some other banks are a little more conservative, and they're taking longer to review the applications. Um, so maybe a longer period of time, and so uh, that's being a delayed. Um, I have yet to hear anyone actually get a, a loan funded yet, but that doesn't necessarily mean it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen, I haven't heard of anyone locally that's actually received the funds yet. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a delay. The other issue I've seen is a lot of the larger banks, especially they, they kind of um, focused on people who had current debt with them and gave them the opportunities first. And so let's, let's say you have a, a small business owner that doesn't have a loan because they can't afford to have a loan or they don't could, couldn't qualify now all of a sudden they're not even qualifying for this either so I, I definitely think there's some changes that need to be made and maybe that's the, the second round of stimulus they're talking about um you know this first round kind of gets the bigger uh maybe some big pieces and then maybe the second round will, will give some of the smaller businesses a better opportunity well and i, I want to ask you too about that the second round of possibly a, another round of a, a stimulus package for small businesses. Do you think that a second round is enough? And um, 
I was reading a report this afternoon and it said that about one quarter of our economy just completely disappeared um, so far. I'm wondering what kind of ripple effect do you see on small businesses as suppliers and vendors are maybe no longer in business or available? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I think there's going to be some type of at least I wouldn't know if I call it round two a stimulus or at least maybe in addition to what they're adding in clarification of who qualifies. Um, I definitely think there needs to be uh, something figured out. You know, I have a, I was just talking to a dentist client today. He's, you know, one person shop has five employees, doesn't have any bank loans and he can't get the bank to even talk to him. And, you know, wow. he's trying, and he doesn't have any patients, right? I mean, his clientele are all older people. That's what he specializes in. So no one can come in at this point. So he's making nothing um, and doesn't have the option to really get that PPP loan as of today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe the week after. Um, so I think though that is a good example of where I think the the next level can be limited down, say, you know, under 10 employees or something a little smaller or or, or get rid of the limit of having, uh, you know, force the banks to, to, to give up some of these restrictions, you know, because they're worried that they're going to be stuck, that the government's going to, what they're going to do is loans and the government's going to kind of leave them holding the bag. So they're being a little, little conservative, I think, right now. It may be it may be a year or two before we're back to 100 um, percent to what we were at, you know, before this started. Because I agree with you, everything is going to be lagged, production, everything's got to start back up again, and so everything's going to take longer, uh, no matter what industry you're in. Um, you know, some will come back quicker than others, but yeah, I mean, this is going to lag on for at least the rest of the year, in my opinion, as far as before we kind of start pulling ourselves strongly out of this. But we've got to get back running as soon as possible because the longer it is the it, 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 it the worse it is and um i know that's not an easy thing to to uh to go through right now and just make that decision but we at least have to at least start getting that that process moving sooner than later and do you see the hospitality industry as they were probably hurt the quickest do you see them bounce, bouncing back faster as well just because of the cash flow and how fast that consumers can get to the restaurant business or are they worried about how soon people will be willing to leave their houses and do businesses or, or live life as normal yeah i think it's a combination so i think it's a little bit of i think there'll be a a, a big chunk of swinging back of people who are going to go as soon as they have a chance they're going to go out right um, they've been stuck in their houses um, and so they're going to want to get out. There's two issues with that. One, um, you know, most of those people they laid off are still probably going to be on unemployment till the rest of the year. And so are they going to be able to have people to hire back? Because, you know, I think the mentality of some of those people is like, well, I can make the same and be and not work and, and still collect unemployment. So um, I think there's going to be a little bit of that. So finding the talent is going to be difficult short term you know, probably in the next, you know, quarter or so after they open back up, um, you know, and then, then there's going to be the lag of getting the product or getting whatever they need, just like we talked about before. So I think the, the demand will be there, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to service everyone right away. And so it'll take some time for that to work as well. So bottom line, when once these businesses start getting funded, is it then what do I do with the money until people get out of their houses? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's been part of the conversation for sure of, of these PPP programs because in, in the, the way it's set up is they've got to get kind of back up and running by June 30th 
is the way the program works. So uh, they've got to hire back 75% of their, uh, you know, staff base in order to qualify for this loan to be forgiven. So they're, they're definitely making that balance of how are we going to get there? And, and, you know, some people are even thinking about delaying when they get the money. Um, so they, they have a little bit longer to decide on when to, uh, to pay this out. And they can do um, that. They can document it and say, correct. we didn't start this process till this date, giving them that ample time to, to get flush again, so to speak. It, it gives them a little extra time. I, I think the majority of them though are, are need the money now and whether it's forgiven or not, a 1% loan for two years is still a great deal. And that keeps things going. So I think the forgiveness part is a bonus um, and something they would like to do, but most of them, you know, they need it to even just keep the doors open over the next, uh, you know, next couple months or, or six months. And this is an uh, actual loan, right? So yeah, wasn't there also tax incentives that were, were, were once discussed and did that actually go through? The idea of the loan program is that's the get you the money in the pocket right now. Right. Um, the next step of the, of the stimulus act that is they did make some tax um, law changes to help put money in your pocket maybe later, not necessarily right away, um, maybe right away, but it's going to take longer for that to happen. Um, it might, you know, um, they, they retroactively changed uh, some depreciation rules to allow you to have uh, um, quicker write-offs, especially on leasehold improvements. Uh, you could have back to 2018, so you can write off more of, um, more of the improvements that you'd made uh, to your, your rental space. Uh, you know, you can write those off it's starting in 18. So you could go back and amend your returns, take that deduction, um, which will create a, maybe a potential loss or maybe reduce your income in that year and get you a refund. Um, the biggest change, they, the other tax change that they added is they, they used to be with the new tax act in 2018, they put a limit on your net losses from a business at $500,000. So if you're married, so if you, Say so lost a million dollars from your business, you could only deduct five hundred thousand in, in a given year, um, and the rest carried forward. Um, the new tax law change got rid of that provision completely. So now you could have losses up to millions of dollars, uh, and those losses would be allowed, and once again would free up um, offset your income, would free up uh, some refunds to be be taken. Um, the other thing they added on top of that is they allowed you to carry that loss. Now that we've created a lot, let's say in a year you, you lost money and you created what we call a net operating loss. Um, that net operating loss before used to only carry forward and you could take 80% of it in a given year going forward. They now allow you to carry it back five years now. So you could carry it back, back to 2013 or 14 when maybe you had income and offset that income in that year and again, uh, request a refund and get some of that cash in your pocket as well. So that so, could really help, but that's not going to help right away that there's going to be a delayed satisfaction to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now they haven't even written the software to make these changes. Right. So I, me as a tax preparer, I don't even have the ability to even file these amended returns and get the money back. That'll hopefully by the end of this month, they'll be ready to go and we'll be able to have that. Um, but then it might take anywhere between three to six months to amend and get that money. So yeah, again, as I said before, it's 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 maybe the the next step of getting money in people's pockets um, after this uh, the loan program, um, you know. But you know, obviously, I think that, that that I don't think that helps small business as much. It probably more helps 
maybe small to medium-sized businesses, and hopefully that gives them cash flow to hire their employees back would be the idea there, um, or, or at least get through this next step and, and continue to keep their employees um, during this. It gives them a little extra cash flow and, and some support. Um, you know, I'm not sure there's many, you know, clients that make a couple hundred grand a year that would be generating losses from this and help them out that much. You know, it's probably more of a, a real estate driven, um, uh, someone who's more in real estate that would be generating these large losses. Or maybe, you know, I do have a hospitality client that maybe has, you know, they've, they've, they've opened two new restaurants and maybe they've got a couple million dollars of these improvements that they've generated that they're not going to be able to write off in one year and maybe carry those back when they were profitable. Businesses that, let's say, are paying rents um, in, in office parks, those kinds of things. What about the people that are owning, that own that real estate? Are they given those companies a little bit of a break? Um, and I, I know you can't talk about all of them, but have you personally seen, for instance, a couple of your restaurant clients or other clients who have got these specific rents, are those landlords giving them a break? Um, I think it's, it's, it's yes, yes and no. Uh, I would say it depends on the landlord, depends on the, um, of course. yeah. So I think, you know, I think the idea is, is people are having those discussions, right? Um, you know, a lot of these clients, you get to remember that the landlords have invested a lot of money in, in actually assisting them to make these improvements to their building. So the landlord is just as in, uh, invested in making sure that this lease works as well. So a lot of them are, um, you know, being helpful, or at least having that conversation. Um, what I've seen, at least in locally, um, is, you know, the ability to maybe just defer, not necessarily, um, uh, you know, say that they don't have to pay rent, but maybe, all right, pay half now, and then we'll pay the other half over the next six months, right? So you're kind of deferring it, not necessarily forgiving it. Um, I'm seeing a lot more of that type of things, allowing you just to renegotiate or delay making payments. Um, and I think that'll continue. Uh, it seems like in the beginning, landlords were really like, no, you know, figure it out. And then I think as this thing has continued, they're, they're being a little more uh, open-minded about it and realizing they can't afford to be that rigid. So I, I think they're, they're being smart and at least having the discussion. Well, I would imagine since there isn't anybody else that's going to be taking that space since everyone is in that same boat. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Half is better than none, right? Uh, at least right now, um, you know. But it, you know, they are business owners, and they're going to make decisions what they think is best for their property. Um, and uh, and and each one's going to be in a different situation to be able to to uh, uh, either allow for that delay or 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 be stronger and say, you know what, I I can hold this, I can hold off not having any rents and, and get a better tenant in there. But um, restaurant specifically, I, I think that's a difficult. Uh, situation. Um, and I think, I think there'll be a lot more flexibility in the restaurant side than, than a normal business owner um, because of the high intensity. It's hard to flip over a restaurant to be a new concept and the cost of money to, to do that would be significant for anyone. As far as hotels and those kinds of things, I mean, when we're talking locally here in San Diego, which relies so heavily on tourism, is there anything that local government or, or, I guess, Chamber of Commerce, like that can do to help uh, kind of bridge that gap until people are, you know, flying to our sunny coast again? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that they're looking into. I know uh, San Diego, City of San Diego has has a loan program that they've got available. I don't know the specific details of it. Um, you know, you've got to be registered in the city. So there's some programs out there. Um, I know the CRA, California Restaurant Association, and a lot of the hotel, that's where you're getting a lot of the assistance, um, you know, outside of the government to these associations that help them globally, you know, whether it's it, you know, lobbying for them in Congress or, um, you know, helping locally with the governments to, to open up more opportunities for them to at least stay afloat. Larry, thank you so much for, for joining us today. My pleasure, but I could help out and, uh, and hopefully people, you know, uh, have a chance to learn from it and obviously share the share the knowledge and then we'll, we'll be better off uh, at the end of it. We'll have you come on again when this changes in the next 15 to 20 days. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Thanks again, Larry. All right. Got Thank it. you, Larry.